0: Kia and welcome to How to Save the World. My name is Tim Batt.
1: And I'm Waveny Worth.
0: And this is a podcast about sustainability, how we save the world, and what specific actions that you and I can take to be a part of that. Yeah. We think it's a pretty uh, worthwhile thing to do. So, this is our um, second season of the podcast where we've decided to do uh, episodes less frequently and do a bit more research and do some deeper dives. And I've been very excited to dig into the subject of hemp.
1: Yeah, and quite topical for uh, Kiwis with a referendum coming up. Not that it's the same thing. Absolutely
0: but, not, which we will talk about yeah. in mere <laughs> moments. But yes, there is, um, if nothing else, a very strong cultural link between if, the uh, referendum New Zealand is about to have for cannabis, the drug, and hemp, which is cannabis, the plant, mm, to use for stuff. Mm. So that's actually what I wanted to kick off on, and I just I it's it's very hard to almost know where to start this because I have been um, researching this for hours and hours over the last few weeks. I've talked to some fantastic people. I've learned a tremendous amount, and I went into this subject like I think a lot of people have this perception that hemp people are crazy hippies people involved in this world whether it is in a professional sense or activists or what have you are like borderline lunatics they seem evangelical to the point of insanity
1: evangelizing the the cause
0: absolutely i've i've like encountered a few hemp people in my time And they're, like, crazed in their enthusiasm for it.
1: So, have you had a conversion experience?
0: I have, in some ways. Oh, uh, there we go. The more that I kept digging into it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why everyone goes crazy when they start learning about this. Because it is so (laughs) incredibly useful And it is outrageous that it has sort of been stopped for this brief moment in human history from us using it.
1: And so in terms of this podcast and us focusing on sustainability and us making that decision to do a whole episode on hemp, why did we do that? Like, what is, what? I mean, I know that's probably what we're going to be talking about, but in a nutshell, why, why aren't we spending our time talking about some other plant?
0: So Waveney, you and I, I think both had a sense that hemp has an important part to play in yes, because it future. does, it
1: crops up.
0: Absol- oh, good pun. Uh, that there is a real environmental component to hemp. And I don't, th- you knew a lot more about this than I did beforehand. We might we might be roughly on par now after my research, roughly. Um, but all those suspicions have definitely been confirmed. So we can, we can jump in and um, start exploring why that is the case. Mm. But I will say right at the top of this episode that... Um, hemp has an incredibly important role to play in a more environmentally sound future for all of us. And it is just such a low-hanging fruit, such a massive opportunity for us to embrace this thing in a a myriad of ways, and it can help us a lot with um, trying to get the environment and our carbon footprint under control.
1: That's the enthusiasm of fresh conversion there.
0: Yeah, big time. New church member right here. So the first thing that I want to get into to sort of set the scene for this is explaining the difference because this is really critical and this is the thing that has really tripped us up and stopping us from using hemp. Hemp is not marijuana. They are two different things. So they are part of uh, the cannabis plant and things have gotten a little bit confusing over time because we use the word cannabis often to describe the drug the psychoactively affecting substance that people smoke to get high or consume in other ways. And cannabis is actually a scientific term for a genus of plant. And within that genus, there are, broadly speaking, three identified species that fit within it. Um, There's cannabis sativa, cannabis indica, and Cannabis rudialis, which is the one I had never heard of before. And all those three species, they crossbreed a lot, and that's why I say it's quite contentious, because there's lots of interpollination, their profiles mix with each other, and they um, create uh, a lot of variety within the cannabis. Yeah, it's something I've
1: never been sure on. whether. Can you tell me, Tim, is hemp to marijuana like, say, um, a dog to a cat, or is it like... uh, poodle to a bloodhound well like in other words is it two different types of
0: this here's how i would explain it right because because this is the tricky thing from a scientific point of view the cannabis genus of plant contains all of these things but here when we say the word hemp and when we say the word marijuana here's what that actually means in a legal sense hemp is cannabis plant that has less than 0.3 percent thc that is the bit that gets you high. So if it's got less than 0.3% THC, we call that hemp. If it's got above 0.3% THC, we call that marijuana.
1: Wow because THC gets a lot higher than 0.3.
0: Absolutely. So if there's any like you know it's really
1: low. If there
0: is a snifter of psychological effect, then yeah. um, then then that is marijuana. So to
1: be clear, it is it is the dog to dog comparison right the dog to
0: dog comparison is quite a hard one because so i talked to a botanist about this and because there's so much interpollination between them they interbreed a lot so their profiles there's a lot there's a lot of different kinds within the cannabis plant that exists around the world and the thing that that is important to us to human beings in differentiating them is their THC profile and their CBD profile. Those are the two yeah, for sure. chemical yeah. bits that we get an application out of.
1: And the other aspect that I um, think is, you'll be able to confirm this for me, Tim, that it, it, we're actually talking about two different to- uh, bits of the plant completely too, eh? So, yes, that's yeah.
0: right. So marijuana um, almost exclusively refers to the flower on the plant and hemp is almost exclusively, that's the fibers that we use. So that's like, from the stalk, essentially. Yeah. Um, cannabis. So when I say cannabis for the rest of this episode, I'm using the scientific name for yep. the plant. Yeah. Um, but I'll try and use hemp as much as possible because that's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the non-psychoactive bit. We're talking about it for industrial applications, what we can oh, use this plant before
1: for. before we move on, yeah. as, do they look the same, the crops? Well,
0: this is another interesting one because um, I had read some stuff that, you know, they, they definitely look similar. Um, But there are physical differences that appear between the crops. But then when I talked to this botanist about it who spent his entire life's work researching this area, he was like, well, that's a little bit confusing because you can have these species intermingling with each other. So, like, there isn't a definite visual differentiation because there's not like a clear line in the sand between the species. That's
1: interesting, eh? Because I guess that's where, because you're about to get into the muddle that we've got into in human that's right history.
0: So, what's really important is remembering why do we classify these things? We classify them from a legal sense because we want to know what's the bit that is psychoactively affecting for human beings that we use as a drug, and what stuff isn't. Hemp is not a drug. Marijuana is a drug. Okay? They're two different things. Yeah. And they come from the same family of plant, but that's how it works. Mm. Hemp is not a drug. Marijuana is a drug. Cool. So this whole discussion that we've had so far is part of the very reason why hemp is not used very much right now. And yeah,
1: I, that we just had to spend five minutes.
0: I say right now in a very for a very specific reason because hemp is, according to experts in the field, either the very first or among the very first crops that human beings ever cultivated. Wow. There is evidence dating back 12,000 years of human beings cultivating cannabis there was a cloth found in Iraq which was then uh, Mesopotamia that is from 8000 BC so 10,000 years ago from now Um, A hemp cloth, it is our earliest record of human industry that we have right now. So humans getting together and making something and processing something, and it is hemp. Hemp has been used by different uh, people around the world simultaneously, so it sort of developed independently. So, for example, places like Chile and France and all over Asia, they all grew hemp. They all had cannabis plants of their own. China cultivated hemp continuously for 6,000 years. They were the longest civilization to keep it going continuously. Russia was a major world supplier of hemp for a time. And in older times, essentially like the ancient world equivalent of world wars were fought over hemp supplies and finding land to cultivate hemp.
1: Okay, wow. So a really valuable plant. And this, this is hemp, not marijuana. It's not that everyone was real keen on getting high. It's no. Just, just, the, what, what? the
0: vast majority of cultures didn't even have access to the bit that made it a drug. That was the they thing. They didn't in, even realise there was any. That was the thing, as far as I'm aware, almost exclusively in India from a particular time, which then got introduced um, around the world. But for thousands and thousands of years, people only had the non psychoactive. So everyone's plant. going so crazy over this
1: plant because it's just so useful.
0: Because Yeah. which it, it, I know we haven't touched on the uses, but like food, clothing, um, utility stuff, making rope and canvas and all those sorts of things. It was in- critical to human development and civilization. A good way to think about it is hemp was the original oil. It I enabled know. cultures to get a lot done. Um, and societies to really thrive. And as a result, it was highly prized. In the Middle Ages, it was so important to ships. Maritime travel, when it was going on, hemp was like the number one thing because all the ropes and sails on a ship were made from hemp because hemp is incredibly strong and it is resistant to saltwater. So they used it in ships everywhere. Um, King Henry VIII passed a law requiring all landowners to grow hemp because of its importance to the empire. Every naval ship would ensure that it had a good stock of hemp seeds to make sure the first thing they did when they landed somewhere, was grow crops wow, of Wow,
1: that's really cool. Hey, um, on the rope thing, yeah, I've just actually bought off Trade Me, well, those ropes that you have at primary school for tug-of-war or yep, in the yep, gym yep. that hung down those, they're brown and they're big and fat. Yeah, I've yeah. just bought one. Awesome. Um, and it's a hemp rope. That rope. It's, it's ex-gym and I'm going to use it on the farm for like a big swing or something. Well, it'll be
0: incredibly strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we're about to find out. And and we're really weather resistant, which I guess is the important bit if it's hanging off a tree outside. Mm. For ages. Um, it's quite ironic because the reason why hemp has become sort of culturally distorted and uh, oftentimes made illegal in recent history is because of the Americans' war on drugs, which they kicked off and sort of exported to the rest of the globe. And what's kind of funny about that is when the first uh, Puritans came from England and uh, came over on the Mayflower and first set foot in America, they were required to grow hemp, they paid their taxes. In hemp in wow. some cases Because of how useful it was to the empire The original copies And the, the drafts of the US Constitution Were written on hemp oh, paper Oh,
1: that's a great fact
0: Yeah um, So it's only extremely recent in human history That we have, in a lot of ways, abandoned hemp um, Right up until the 1920s 80% of clothing Was made from hemp textiles Until the 1920s Wow Yeah Yeah So hemp um, is a a really unique plant because it has so many different uses. And the thing that's happened uh, that has brought it out of our sort of awareness and usage recently essentially boils down to racism. Um, This has been something that started uh, with the Americans and because of their control over the World Trade Organization and the United Nations, they've got such a, a stronghold there. I've actually just finished reading this book which is all about this. There's a guy called Harry Anslinger who was almost <laughs> single-handedly responsible for the war on drugs and he was just like this feverish lunatic who convinced the rest of the world that we had to do everything this one way which has been very harmful. Um, and as part of that, it whipped up a lot of racist fever in America about Mexican laborers who were coming in Um, The white people in America got very scared and there was a lot of um, racial profiling and horrible attacks against Mexican laborers. And one of the attacks that the press sort of lobbied against them being whipped up by the public was... That they were bringing this drug, marijuana, across from Mexico and getting young schoolgirls addicted to it is just—it's like you see now with conspiracy theories, which is just like, what's the most horrible thing I can think of? Yeah. I will attach that to mm-hmm. my perceived enemy. So it's got this very horrible history. Now the problem was is that those racist lies got a lot of fuel dumped on the fire by these industries that were threatened by hemp. So like, co- cotton is one and wood paper is another. So um, so
1: hemp was there first and it was able to, you could use hemp instead of cotton and you could use hemp instead of the wood paper pulp.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know the like ins and outs of the cotton thing, but I know that cotton was growing absolutely at the same time as hemp. Hemp was a lot harder to process back in the day. It was a lot more labor-intensive. And actually, cotton was as well until the invention of the cotton gin, which I never knew. That means cotton engine. That's what that machine is. So that was invented in the 1800s, which extracts the seeds out of cotton. You don't have to do it by hand anymore. When that happened, the cultivation of cotton exploded, and especially with the slave labor that America was using from uh, African slaves that they were just kidnapping and bringing in. So that created this entire industry around cotton. And um, then there was actually some inventions that came much later with hemp to ease that up, but cotton had such a stranglehold that it tried to suppress any advancement of it.
1: So is it that you've got big industrialists, yeah. um, perhaps on both sides, and the, but the cotton guys won, and so they wanted yeah. to put their elbows out and, and make sure they kept the profit? Or
0: Yes, that's true. And a really relevant person who was on the side of industry as well was DuPont, who you might have heard of there are. um chemical company that specialise in um petroleums and in the nineteen thirties um, they came up with this new thing called plastic and uh, when that happened they basically invented a whole bunch of petroleum based fibers which is what we call synthetics. Uh-huh. So better in our yep. clothes and stuff. Okay. So they lob- they used their position as this oil heavyweight to lobby the government to tax hemp and slowly just like These industries kept beating hemp down, and um, this combined with the war on drugs and this confusion around hemp being cannabis, and there was a lot of confusing laws that came out at the time which tricked farmers um, because they didn't realize that they wouldn't be able to grow hemp anymore until after the laws got passed, and it devastated these whole industries, especially in America. And now we're dealing with the outcome of that, with the proliferation of all of these inferior, to my mind, from the research I've done, products like synthetic fibers in our clothes and um, so much cotton where we could be using hemp. Um, so, yeah, just, so it's I almost think it's like important the, the, to know a bit of that history because yeah. it's so... It, all of that to highlight just how incredibly BS it is that we don't use it anymore. Yeah,
1: like cuz it sounds like it was something that would, would there was no problem. We just we just had a solution and everything was great. Yeah. But people come along and going, "Oh, well, you I know, how make can more I money. exactly how can I get into this market?" Yeah. It's so stitched up by this product that performs really well. And then
0: and and they often that's actually a thing that crops up every now and then with sort of I th- the sustainability sphere, I think. And it sounds very conspiratorial, but it actually makes sense because if you have a plant which grows naturally, it's quite hard to make an obscene amount of profit from that because yeah. nature invented it. Yes. But if you've got something that rivals it, that y- only you can produce then you will do everything you can to get rid of that competition that exists in nature yeah. because you can, like, patent the process, you can yeah. sell it exclusively, you can charge through the roof.
1: You know, you are, oh gosh, you're hitting on a really, like, I don't want to digress, but it is a really important concept, that. Yeah. Because like, I, 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 I remember house-sitting, and there were we went back to back. The first place had a regular chlorine pool, and the they had a whole cupboard or extra little house full of chemicals for it. And every day we were panicking, making sure it's going to be the right colour for when the people came back. And the next place had a and there were instructions big list of instructions on what to do every day and the next place had a salt pool and um, we're like okay how do we do this what do we look how do we look after it and they said oh don't worry about it. Is if it if it changes colour just chuck a bit of salt in can't go wrong and it was like environmentally friendly really really cheap and super super easy and we're like no I don't want people to have salt pools it's and the, the same reason same thing you is, put me
0: on with the cleaning products you're yeah. we just like you can pretty much use vinegar for everything. Like,
1: who is going to promote a salt pool saying oh by the way there is this other thing you know going to be able to need to buy any of my products and i'm not going to make any money out of it so it's like it's not it's not that it's a conspiracy per se it's just not in anyone's best interest to say hey guys over here
0: so many of these solutions exist in nature but because people can't make obscene profits out of it we're not being told (laughs) that these things are there
1: and there's no one there to necessarily advocate it apart from us
0: Right, so with that history out of the way and that, I think, very important sort of point made about the, the fact that a lot of these solutions exist in nature, let's get into some of the uses, right? So, um, as I mentioned before, cannabis is quite a unique plant just in terms of what it can offer us. It just it has a makeup that makes it suitable for this vast array of things. So we'll start with cotton, um, or, or its competition to yeah, cotton. So yeah. you can turn hemp fibers uh into clothing and the thing about hemp is it uses dramatically less water than cotton to produce it also doesn't require fertilizer because it essentially grows like a weed which is where it gets you know where marijuana gets that weed name from because it grows so vociferously that if you give it um you know somewhat good conditions but it really grows all around the world in enough sunlight it just shoots way up um It was also interesting. I I was talking to someone about how if you grow the plants really close together, they shoot up really quick because they're all competing with each other for sunlight. So they grow almost like bamboo. Um, So it just shoots up. And cotton requires both a lot of fertilizer and a lot of pesticides. And that's another thing that hemp does not require.
1: And when you say cotton requires a lot of... Uh, pesticide I yeah. remember when we did Our clothing episode It's not just like A lot Can I give it's, you a fact About that yes, That I stumbled because I, on I can't remember anymore But I know it's horrendous
0: 50% of all The pesticides Used in America Are used on cotton Oh man Half of all all the pesticides used are Man. just used on crops. And
1: globally crops. it's 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 also I think double digits. It's it's a big deal.
0: Just to remind everyone, this is a substance which is designed to kill anything it touches. Like that's the whole point is to keep insects at bay mm. by killing them. And it leaches into the soil and just creates this incredibly toxic um yeah. topsoil layer of earth. And yeah. we've been doing it so much that we've like damaged the planet. Mm. Hemp does not require those things, neither fertilizer nor pesticides to grow, and it requires less water. And in addition to that, when you um, do use it for the sort of clothing applications and textiles, it is between three and eight times stronger than cotton. Wow. So it doesn't lose its shape. Um, It's a lot harder wearing than cotton. Um, so you can make things like jeans out of it that'll last for a really long time as well, which I didn't look extensively into this, but I think might have been another reason why people didn't like it, like industrialists took over it, because you would oh, buy, it, yeah. you'd buy one pair of hemp jeans, and, that's it. and you wouldn't buy another one because yeah, you wouldn't yeah. need another one. So
1: cotton is a form of designed obsolescence.
0: Exactly, huh. yeah. Now, that's not to say that there's no reason to buy cotton from a like clothing point of view. Cotton is a little bit softer on the skin, Um, and it also is whiter, which makes it easier to dye. Um, But if you look at it in terms of an overall picture of all the benefits that hemp can provide and just the incredible damage that cotton crops are doing, it just seems like a no-brainer. We should be buying hemp clothing.
1: Mm. I think um, from when we did do that clothing episode, my conclusion at the time was uh, if you're going to be buying new cotton, really look for organic certification. Whereas with hemp, I think... Especially at this point just buy hemp instead yeah. don't worry so much about the certification but generally it's, just, generally it's way better
0: generally yes it, 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 just by virtue of how the plant grows it is better and also at the moment because it's still a little bit fringy the kinds of people who are growing hemp crops are usually pretty in the space of yeah. organic yeah. and yeah. mind you that could minded. be set to
1: change and and, and, exactly. and it's like yes. a double edged sword but great to see some big players I know Fonterra has done a um, trial down south yeah, um, that's right. and they're actually saying, hey, this is a good crop. It, they it, tripled know.
0: their profitability in that crop when Fonterra did their trial. So the results of that just came out in July of this year. Yeah, it's quite Tripled amazing.
1: it from what? From a conversion from dairy? I think or? it was a
0: dairy farm, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't have that wow. to hand, but wow.
1: yeah. Amazing. Hey, um, is this a good time to do a shout out to my hemp curtains? Yeah. So I, um, a few years ago... Try to work out how to do curtains sustainably, which didn't turn out to be an easy task. I think second hands always an obvious shortcut, but I I wanted to get new and I wanted them white and all of them just the right shape and everything. Um, And so I was looking at organic cottons, and I actually almost had arguments with the people at the fabric store saying that I had to have a backing on my curtains that had a UV rating. Um, because if you put the back of your curtain into the sun it's just going to rot really fast apparently Um, and it's just like a stupid thing to do especially if you have spent hundreds of dollars on you know some good quality organic fabric or whatever and so um, all of the UV resistant um, fabrics are synthetic they're just coated with something I'm not quite sure what but they're, they're, they're volatile organic compounds that actually off gas in the sun so it's not Great, right? Um, for your health, either. Um, and I was, I was just like, well, I am not doing that. I don't care if my curtains rot. I will, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just replace them. Yeah. I'll put them in the compost, and they can be good weed mesh or whatever. Yeah, you know, totally. Um, but then I came across um hemp tech, who uh a uh, fabric like uh, a textiles company, yeah, a textiles company, and they um the, all of their fabrics are uh, hemp based or linen and um. I spoke to the person there who was like, oh, no, 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 no. Hemp has naturally very high UV ratings, like as high or even higher than the synthetic products. And so, what I ended up doing was putting hemp backing. I used it as my, my backing for my cushions. So, you could use it. See, this is amazing. Ama- it it was thing. actually amazing. Like, it, here it was replacing this chemically laden synthetic pro- uh, product and performing just as well.
0: Let's stay on the house theme and talk about hempcrete. This is something that you put me onto. I'd never heard that word before. Hempcrete. Hempcrete. I didn't know what the heck it was. It is a portmanteau for hemp and concrete. Put it together, hempcrete.
1: Hang on, can I just. A port-mento? portmanteau.
0: Portmanteau. Oh. Two words, put them together, you get a, another word. That's a new, new one, one for me, Tim. When two words have a little baby word. Oh. <laughs> so people all around the world are starting to make hemp houses. And some people in New Zealand are doing this as well. I had the pleasure of talking to Laura, who stepped me through her process. She lives in a and she got very interested in this. Um, she
1: get... she was a hemp expert, or she a house builder owner?
0: Uh, both. Okay. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a link to her Instagram is in the show notes. I'm going to get back to her in just a moment. So first, just to like outline a, a few things about what hempcrete is. So, it's what's called a monolithic building material, and that's what concrete is as well. Um so it can serve as insulation, interior walls and exterior walls.
1: Monolithic as it does all yeah, everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Huh. And um so what you do is you basically build like the frames, um yeah, timber frames or whatever you're going to use for your house, and then you can put up um like wood panels to trap the mixture which will go in between and you pour the hempcrete into it and then it will set.
1: And then you take the panel away? You put
0: the take the panel away and it dries. Um, it does like the quick-drying bit uh, within about a day and then over time it Cures. will dry yeah. more and cure. And you also just uh, need to weatherproof the exterior, obviously, if you're using it as an exterior wall, like any substance. Um, and you can do that generally with lime. So you make this concrete mixture out of hemp and, and? and lime is the, um, what do they call it? There's a term for it, the binder. Yeah. <laughs> and these binders have a little bit of like, they've got different recipes to them. So this is a really interesting um, area that companies are making their own and scientifically developing like the best ones to make sure that you've got a really good product that hardens in the right way. And so Laura, who I was talking to, she bought all of her supplies from Hemp Farm, New Zealand, because she suspected she could probably buy the raw materials, sourced from overseas or what have you. And I think Hemp Farm actually, partially because of the incredible demand their products are under at the moment, they had to bring it in from overseas as well. Um, That's that won't, interesting. That won't be the case forever.
1: Yeah, shout out to anyone who's thinking about converting.
0: Yeah. Um, she decided to go through hemp farm because she wanted to she a lot of these people they want to see this industry get built up you know so this is a company that's sticking its neck out big time to to get this thing moving so she wanted to support them at the same time as building with this material So you, yeah, you combine the hempcrete like you would with like a concrete mix and and a sort of a concrete mixer. Yeah. um, And then you use your binder and and you put it up and then it's kind of done. Um,
1: And it's a really good insulator.
0: It's got incredible properties. It's so (laughs) buzzy. She was telling me about this. So it's got really interesting insulative properties because it's a natural substance where it just like really well manages the temperature inside your home to be very comfortable and livable. So it keeps it nice and warm when it's kind of cooler outside and it keeps it, you know, pretty cool. It's, it's just synthetic fibers, you know, they have, you can feel it when you're wearing clothes that are made of synthetics. They trap heat and they're not breathable. Hemp is a natural product. And in the same way that when you wear Merino, it has these good moisture wicking properties and it keeps your temperature very like regulated without trying. It seems like it's a really similar thing with hempcrete. Um, it's also interesting that it is the insulation. You don't add pink bats in oh, with true. in yeah. between yeah. your hemp walls. It's the whole thing is just hemp. Now, and that's re- the
1: fiber of it's the stalk essentially. That's it, right. Yeah. That's yeah. right.
0: Yeah. The really incredible thing about using hempcrete from an environmental point of view is that it is. So many factors better than using something like concrete Because A, you're growing hemp in the first place Which is sucking carbon back out of the atmosphere Which is what we need to be doing It's sequestering it It's an incredibly fast growing crop So you can do this really quickly And suck a bunch of carbon out of the atmosphere
1: And keep sucking and keep sucking
0: Once your house is built with hempcrete It will continue to sequester carbon out of the atmosphere For decades to come Does it? The walls themselves sequester carbon out of the atmosphere. It's at a lower rate because it's no longer this living, breathing entity doing a a conversion. Yeah. But it still continues to suck um, carbon out. It doesn't. So it's not just, you know, it's not that it's not secreting it. It's actually sucking it in. And then when it comes time um, for something else to happen with that land or you want to do something with the house, you bulldoze it and you bury it because Mm. it's hemp you just put it in the soil and it will biodegrade completely naturally because there's no crazy petrochemicals in this thing it is a carbon negative building material which is just amazing and um why people are getting so excited about this substance what laura did is she actually went over to um australia to do a workshop and then did this all herself wow she just did the the workshop she's like yep this seems good Came back, used it in her property that she has an importer key, and um, there's so much online tutorials now and communities of people who you can ask. She experienced a problem where um, there was a little bit of mold growing briefly on one of the walls, so she just wiped it down, and then it went away, and it was totally fine.
1: Mm, awesome.
0: So it just seems like this incredible building material. I've got to shout out Eckhart Construction, who are currently building a really high profile house in Wanaka made out of hemp. Eckhart Construction are like the the forerunners of this whole industry and they're doing incredible work. And uh, actually, we're gonna hear some of Eckhart Construction's ad right now, just exalting the virtues of building with hemp.
2: Hi, my name's Lockie. I own a construction company in Wanaka, and we're really excited to be building the South Island's first hempcrete house. Hempcrete is a construction method using hemp and lime. The two components are mixed together along with sand and water to create quite a dry mix. That is then poured in situ on site into formwork to form a 300 mm thick wall. It's an insulation and cladding system in one. We don't need any gypsum board, any fibreglass bats, vapour barriers, there's no plastic in the walls, they're 100% natural. It has great thermal and acoustic properties. The walls actually regulate the humidity and the temperature in a living space. The hydroscopic nature of the lime absorbs and releases moisture in the atmosphere, creating a nice stable living environment. One of the other benefits of hempcrete is that it's a carbon negative building material. So it'll actually sequester more carbon from the environment than it takes to produce it. We're looking at about two and a half to three acres of hemp to build your average house. That two and a half to three acres of hemp will absorb the same amount of carbon from the environment as a pine plantation covering that same area. The difference being that that pine has matured in 20 years and the hemp has matured in only four to six months. So
0: that is hemp as a building material. Pretty incredible. It's also really good in cosmetics. Do you know that?
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, there's like soaps,
1: oh, moisturizers, yes. yep.
0: shampoos. So this
1: is getting more into the oil, eh? Yeah, yeah this is hemp away oil. Away from the fiber into the... So I guess we'll, we've, we've stayed with the fiber, haven't mm-hmm. we, so far? Because we've done the clothing and the the hemp creche. So clothing and buildings are fiber, yeah. and now we're moving into another part of the plant.
0: Yeah. um, So the hemp oil can be used to make, uh, yeah, a a ton of different kinds of cosmetics. They're really good for your skin. It doesn't contain a substance called triclosan. I hope I'm saying that roughly right, which is um, an antibacterial that they add to soap, which really dries out your skin. It's actually been scientifically proven to be quite bad for other parts of your body as well. And it does bioaccumulate. It's very Mm. not good Um, because of the natural antibacterial properties that are inherent in the plant of hemp to keep it healthy, um, you do not need to add that additive when you're making cosmetics out of hemp seed oil. Um, Hemp seed oil is really interesting. It is super nutrient-dense, and it can be used in a variety of different ways. You can, if you process it, actually use it to make paints, um, varnishes, finishing on woods, inks, fuel, and solvents as well. Um, As I mentioned before, you can also use hemp to make paper and cardboard, and it was extensively used all around the world as paper. So there's a guy who used to be an executive at Dell Computers, and I found an episode of him on Jay Leno's Garage, which is this web series. Jay Leno's a crazy car nut, and he gets people (laughs) on all the time. Um, The old Dell Computers exec, he got a car called the Renew, And he demonstrated this hemp composite. It was 10 times stronger than steel. He made the whole body of the car out of it. And um, Jay Leno sort of didn't believe him. So they were just beating the crap out of the hood of this car. And they couldn't bend it at all because it was so strong. Wow! This is also not a new concept. Henry Ford, the inventor of um, the modern production line, he made a car entirely out of hemp in 1941 that ran on hemp biofuel. He was crazy about hemp. Because as an industrialist, he knew the incredible potential of this plant. Um, Gosh, it's
1: interesting how history could have gone one way, but it goes another. And it it so
0: nearly did. And another thing with hemp, you know, it's an incredible biofuel. Um, It's a lot better than some of the alternatives, like palm oil or corn, for a number of different ways. I mean, we've already talked about the fact that it uses not very much water and no pesticides or fertilizer to grow it. But it's... um, It's a very efficient fuel. There was a study by some University of Connecticut grad students um, who looked into hemp seed biofuel and it had a 97% uh, efficiency conversion, which is really high. I tried to find some comparative numbers to see how that stacked up against other stuff. I'm afraid I couldn't find them. But it's harder to get a lot better than 97% of anything because that means out of 100. What Wave and I were looking into just before um, we kicked off this conversation was soil recovery as well. So in addition to growing really quickly, hemp seems to have these incredible properties to be able to regenerate soil that's been denigrated through things like dairy farming. Which provides this excellent opportunity for environments that are really nutrient dense where it's like feeding into our waterways to clean up those those old farms.
1: Yeah. And it seems like I mean, I don't know much about this, but I can say that all plants have a profile and they all impact the soil differently. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the cool things about biodiversity is, is the more different types of plants you have the more you'll have going on in your soils because they're all taking something unique they're all slightly different in terms of what they take and they all give something back um but in a lot of cases especially the plants say like corn that um, are really good quick growers is that they are actually essentially really really good at stripping or, or just they're so good at taking stuff out of the soil which is what makes them really useful um and you've got, yeah, some plants are nitrogen fixers. And, of course, nitrogen is the big thing that people are usually um, trying to add to the land to make stuff grow. So a nitrogen fixing plant is an example of a plant that is giving. Like, A lot, a lot of stuff in the bean families is a nitrogen fixer. So you've got a full range of plants. Some give, some take, whatever, um, more than others. And uh, hemp's not a nitrogen fixer, but nevertheless, it is on the scale of plants that really, really give back. And and this is what you're sort of touching on in a real range of different ways.
0: Absolutely. And we were even seeing some um, stories about people using it to basically mop up toxic sites um, because hemp can grow so quickly and it lifts certain toxins out of the soil. Of course, what that means is that when you're growing those crops and environments that have been exposed to a lot of essentially poisons over time is that you've got to be a little bit careful with what you Your use those products, fibers yeah, for yeah. because that stuff has gone somewhere. It's gone into mm. the plant itself. But it presents this incredible opportunity for us to use this plant, which we have all these other uses for at the end of its life, to help regenerate our soil. Yeah.
1: So you can grow hemp year in, year out in the same spot, and it's, it's not stripping the soil it's just like basically just sounds like a really easy way to farm yeah like it sounds like you got to have your wits about you a lot more if you're growing corn um absolutely switch over to hemp and go and have a cup of tea
0: the fact that you don't need to be dumping pesticides and fertilizer Mm. on it it's yeah it just seems crazy that we don't use it so this feeds back into this kind of Cultural history and legal situation that we've found ourselves in, because I've just highlighted like such diverse ranges of use for this plant that grows here, that requires so little attention for people to cultivate and farm. That our species has been using since the dawn of our civilization for twelve thousand years. We've been using this thing. Mm. It's so useful. It's right there for us. I actually I didn't talk about food, um, but it's both for livestock and for us, has been used for thousands of years. I actually take uh, hemp seed powder um, because uh, I, I'm not like strictly vegan anymore, but I'm pretty vegan and it's got omega-3 and 6, which is incredibly hard to get in a vegan diet. But they've, not only does hemp have both of those fatty acids, but it's got it in a really good ratio. So it makes it very easy for your body to absorb. Um, super nutrient-dense hemp seeds. They're really, really good for you. So we've got this really terrible legal situation up until very recently.
1: Yes. Tell us about, oh. is hemp, is, is it legal to grow hemp in New Zealand?
0: It is now. You have to get a license um, from, oh, I've forgotten what ministry it is. Sorry, but Laura did tell me this. You can apply for a license for $500. Um, a really interesting little quirk of New Zealand which is the thing I was going to tell you before there's like, no, no I'll tell you on the microphone is that when the British first came to New Zealand, we were one of the only colonies on the map in the British Empire that they didn't really steadfastly try to get them to grow hemp here hmm. because New Zealand's native flax, Harakiki, oh. is so incredibly yes. strong.
1: I was, yes, I that, was going to ask about that. Yeah so, yeah,
0: so Harakiki, which we have here already, it's, it's an indigenous plant in New Zealand, is... Also, incredible. We could probably I'm do a whole episode so about that. I'm glad
1: you mentioned that because actually for us in our context, yeah. a lot of what we're saying about hemp so incredible, it does it. It's actually harakiki as well it's Correct. very like that's nice long fibers really really strong really great for rope
0: i now definitely want to do like a whole lot of research and episode later down the track about harakiki because i think there's an abundance of information about hemp because it's been grown all around the world so it's got like a lot of built-up history mm. but um, especially speaking to maori academics and people who are sort of custodians of cultural information and history, um, I think we need to tap that resource and figure out what's going on with Harakiki. Because it, I've got no... I, I'm completely ignorant to that, but it sounds like very analogous to this wonder plant that I've just researched yes, called hemp.
1: and it, it is a... I mean, I've just planted a whole bunch of it along our riparian margin. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so it's a great plant.
0: So... Um, yeah, there's a there's a whole legal history in New Zealand that was mainly forced on us by the Brits and the uh, uh, sorry by the Americans and their war on drugs in the 60s, where cannabis was made wholesale illegal in 1965 because of this thing called the 1961 Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs, which they forced down everyone's throat.
1: Was it ever part of our culture here then, or are you saying because of the I had a that we yeah. didn't need it so much. So, as
0: far as I can tell, in New Zealand, it's d- hemp. Um, has never been a massive part of our culture for exactly that reason, that we've got hara What a
1: cool little anomaly thing. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: we've been sort of um, almost inoculated to to this shit fight that's been happening (laughs) elsewhere. That said, cannabis culture um, in New Zealand, in terms of marijuana, the drug, that's a whole other story, um, which is very, yeah, as you say, alive and well in Aotearoa. There's a a whole complicated history, but we are now slowly reforming our laws to better reflect the reality um, of this useful plant and the danger that it does not represent Mm. at all Mm. because it's not a drug. Mm. So hemp seed oil only got legalized back fully in 2017 in New Zealand. It was just three years ago. And there was a really complicated set of... Legal entanglements that prevented us from being able to grow it because of a food safety regulation we got onto bed with Australia about, which prevented us having any part of the hemp cannabis plant growing here. Wow, it's all been very. No wonder
1: people have been confused about it. Yeah, because you think, oh, there must must be something a little bit on the dodgy side if it's illegal. No, of course. it is.
0: It, it, usually honestly, those
1: two things go together.
0: I really did try to find here was here was my thing i was like if it's got this many uses it just doesn't make any sense at all that we're not using it if it is this easy to grow if it has this fantastic environmental profile if it has this myriad options of ways to use it and benefits to humans there's no way we would leave it on the table for, for anything other than a good reason but it turns out there is no good reason it's a combination of ignorance and racism and we're still and dealing money. with the fallout it's, of that
1: it's, a combina- it's money as well like, yeah, follow the money, money, it's money like, has like you said before about when I was talking about the salt pool versus the chemical pool Yeah. Well, it's a great analogy because there's a lot of chemicals involved with cotton and other things. Well, the, but.
0: Th- the thing is, there's a lot of money to be made in hemp now. I think particularly, a lot of people have been talking about this, for New Zealand, we are incredibly well-placed to embrace hemp farming. Um, we are looking for solutions to clean up our waterways. We are looking for ways to change our emissions globally and our profile. Um, our, two of some of our biggest contributors are transport, And farming, agriculture,
1: clean up our waterways. Uh,
0: If you well, so with this frontier example, by converting something that was a dairy farm into a hemp crop, you're getting those nutrients out of the water, which is really harmful for our marine and bio environment, and sucking it into these plants, turning it it, into a usable product.
1: Is it um, as financially viable? Because like, you make a lot of money out of dairy farming.
0: It certainly seems so, Wave. Um, we could become a premium exporter. And I mean, the, the thing in New Zealand that gets talked about a lot is that we, and rightly so, our dairy farmers have created a lot of things. They're very technical. We're very good at inventing things. We have brought our emissions down a lot compared to globally. ...by these farmers... Per
1: cow, you per mean? Per cow, yep. really
0: intelligently bringing down the emissions that cows emit. But you can only bring that down to a certain amount... ...because mm. at the end of the day, a cow is a cow. Mm. So um, especially if we're talking about like emissions trading schemes... ...and things like that, then it's it's all the more beneficial. But just purely as a crop, this thing grows like stink. You don't have to do much to it. You can use it in this these myriad ways... All we need is the legal framework to be lifted and for society to recognise that hemp is not a drug. They are two different things. We need to return to using this incredible plant because we have kind of really screwed ourselves using all the alternatives to it.
1: Let's just summarise that because firstly we talked about uh, hemp in terms of clothing and the big one there, was if you're using hemp instead of cotton or synthetics um, you're saving on a lot of pesticide use water use all of these things are actually catastrophic it's not like we're sort of saying oh you know it's good it's just nice to be a bit better it's like when we're talking about climate change when we're talking about the issues that we have uh, humanity in this century and how we're hitting our limits this is why, it comes down to this stuff, and so we're looking for solutions that are going to work, and this is actually not just like a nice to have. this is a real actual cornerstone of how we can be going forward and stepping away from these crops that are really on aggregate, pushing us towards a future that we don't want. so you've got you've got the clothing aspect and then you've got the building aspect. When you look at our standard ways of building, they've all got issues and they're not helping. They're not even neutral, you know, that yeah. they are a part of the problem. Yeah. And then hemp is not even neutral. It's positive. You know, like, I cannot yeah. believe what you were saying about hemp actually continuing to sequest carbon in a
2: wall.
0: Yeah, I saw that in one of the initial YouTube videos. I was like, well, that sounds like a freaking lie. I'm going to put that to one side. And then I heard it from both the construction company that is specialist in this area in New Zealand and huh. um, from some other very it authoritative It does sound sources.
1: a bit like... <laughs>
0: it sounds like a lie.
1: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's cool. But it isn't. And then and then you've got the nutrient profile, like you yeah. know, getting your omegas um, from such a ready-to-use plant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I only just touched on hemp as a food source, but this is another one where we could go right down the rabbit hole yeah. of the incredible health benefits of hemp as well. Hemp's always been... Uh, well, the cannabis plant has been used as a medicine for thousands of years across the world. We've used it for heaps of different stuff to do with aches, insomnia. Um, Yeah, a lot of health Mm, problems have been mm, solved by mm. by cannabis. And
1: then you've got soil remediation, like Mm. the very thing we just so desperately need.
0: Yeah. Mm. And, And a replacement for plastics. Like plastics is such a big issue. And the plastics thing is going to require more investment. And that's why it's important for us to talk about how good hemp is because we need to normalize it because that's actually going to take a bit of Research, money, time, and scientific sort of resource like some smart brains working on this to make the best products we can from this substrate from this natural plant. Um, We've been doing it with petrol for the last hundred years almost, and we've kind of endangered the planet as a result. Now we've got a great alternative, we need to invest in it. So, we've got a wonderful opportunity in hemp. And um, what can you do? Firstly, um, I actually think it's a really important thing that if hemp comes up in conversation, just for you to be aware that it is not a drug. They are very different <laughs> things. Hemp and marijuana, by definition, are different things.
1: Sounds like a nice easy one.
0: Yeah. The second is to try and support these products wherever you can see them. Clothing is probably the easiest one. You can buy um, hemp clothing. If you look online, there's a great hemp store on K Road if you happen to be in Auckland, for example.
1: We will definitely throw a few links in the show notes. We'll be shouting for out some businesses. Kiwis. I think, you know, these days with the internet, it's like if you've already... it's it's when you, it's, So if you're just shopping at the mall, you're very unlikely to come across hemp or stumble across it. But if... You've actually Googled it yeah. and you look, you've look, you listened to this podcast. You think, right, I want to see if I can buy myself a pair of trousers that are going to last for the next two decades. yeah. And that's when you find it. And that's when you see that actually there is a range of stuff and it is a doable thing in New Zealand to, great, to get hold of this stuff.
0: Great present idea. True. Cosmetics, clothing, these are things we buy as gifts. Why not buy some hemp products online and give that to people for Christmas, which is coming up pretty soon. True. Um, yeah, so we've got lots of details in the show nights. Um, there's there's just so much to be said for him we could probably do a whole podcast series on hemp, to be quite honest but i now do understand why people go insane when they start falling down into this rabbit hole because we're in a very absurd moment in human history where we have effectively outlawed it for a time mm. um, we
1: made a mistake
0: we made a mistake we, got a bit we muddled. goofed it um, so it's time to put that right so that is the story of hemp on how to save the world
1: thank you tim it's I- been
0: a pleasure and uh, thank you so much to the people who spoke to me as well. Abe from Fakamana, which is the um, he, he's got a whole operation that is chronicling the history of cannabis in New Zealand, um, and and Laura as well. Thank you so much for spending the time to talk to me. Her Instagrams in the show notes as well of her building her uh, her hemp structures.
1: Yeah, and thanks also to the listener who originally spurred us on in this direction, Joe, who um, a while ago actually um, emailed us and asked us, where can you learn to convert. Or process hemp into clothes papers oils building materials etc so he's a guy who already got it totally understood the um the usage of it and it really set us both off uh, trying to find trying to answer that question for Joe and also being able to just look into seeing what we are doing in New Zealand because actually it was interesting that you mentioned that the person who was interested in the hemp creek actually went to Australia to yeah, and we're both looked into this A eh? and there's not a lot. There mean, there's stuff yet. online that you can do. Yeah. Um yeah. But yeah.
0: this is like this is just where I feel on the precipice in New Zealand of really turning a page. And it's the legal situation here has held the entire industry back. Naturally. And that's only been born out of this confusion and misassociation between the drug and the very useful. Um, bits of the plant we use for the other stuff so Joe, thank you so much for sending that in I had no idea about this stuff two weeks ago I had no idea so this has been an amazing learning journey for me as well and uh, we will catch you on the next episode of how to save the world
1: well I'm off to go and buy myself a pair of hemp pants see ya